Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time and she's Stacey Mitchell. We have Nick behind the camera and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And if you get some value out of the show today, if you can do us a favor, we're streaming live on YouTube. If you could comment, like, subscribe to the channel, it would mean a lot. But only if you get some value out of the show. And we've got a special guest here as well. James Bautista with Everest uh, Home Lending, I believe is the name of the company. Do Everest I have that right? Lending. Everest Lending. I always get these things wrong. It's uh, I would have just called. That's, this is my bad. So <laughs> yeah, I've already screwed up the show. We're just going to end it now. So, uh, Thanks, Tom. No problem. So, And then, uh, James, how, how can people get in touch with you if they want to uh, learn more about your company or, or reach out? You can just reach out to everestlending.org. Um, my information's on there. You can look a little bit about us and the programs that we have the offer. So. That's uh, that's the best and easiest way. All right, everestlending.org. So what we're going to do, we got a couple topics here, and then we're going to talk about James and his company at the end like we normally do. Um, The Philadelphia Federal Reserve president, he recently – this guy's like a hero. I don't know. I want want you guys to hear these quotes. And then we're going to talk about that as well as the high stakes of the commission lawsuit that went to court this week. This finally happened. We've been talking about it forever. So let's talk about what the Philly Federal Reserve president said first. So this to me is pretty fascinating. He was quoted yesterday. And, you know, these are these are voting members of the Fed. So um, President Patrick Harker, apparently there's there's a conference going on in Philadelphia uh, these past couple days, which I didn't know as well. It's the Mortgage Bankers Annual Convention and Expo, which I had no idea about. But that was yesterday. Apparently, James did. Yeah. And so uh, President uh, Patrick Harker, he advocated for stopping rate hikes noting that disinflation is underway. Here's his statement that I want to get your reaction. I believe that we're at a point where we can hold rates where they are. Disinflation is underway. Labor markets are coming into better balance, and economic activity continues to be resilient. By doing nothing, we're doing something, and I think that we are doing quite a lot. Again, he's a uh, a voting member this year on the rate-setting FOMC. That's the Federal Open Market Committee, um, and that should carry weight when the policymakers contemplate their moves at the upcoming meeting at the end of the month. What do you guys think? James, chime in. Great, great uh, topic here to get your uh, comments on. What do you think about these comments? I think it's great. Um, How many people are on this? He's a voting member. How many members are there? I will find out. Okay. Because, I mean, if he's one of 10, maybe that'll start... Uh, you know, a few other people like 12 members. Okay. And then maybe that's what it takes. It takes somebody to be outspoken and to, um, you know, have a a difference of opinion to get uh, other people on board um, so that, you know, we can kind of end the madness of of the rate hikes and and let the market kind of settle itself down um, organically like we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. So I guess... uh, you know, but I, I think it's positive, actually. Yeah, the NBA here, I mean, according to, you know, it's been going on these these three days, uh, the president and CEO, Bob, Bob Brokesmith, um, he has got his remarks here in quotes, you know, we are we all know the times are tough. He says, I'm not upbeat. Frankly, I'm upset. You know, while you're all fighting to survive, Washington, D.C. is fighting against you. Wow. Mm. So, I mean, that's some strong yeah. words. That's yeah. powerful. Yes. And he goes on, too. He keeps going on that. But, you know, they're they're pushing. They're pushing in, in on behalf of all of us. 
to bring down the madness. Yeah, I like it. Before it's too late. He says it right there, too. This madness must stop before it's too late. Were you at the conference? No, no, no. but a lot of people in my industry obviously are there. Um, you know, they're big advocates for us. Um, a lot of big players, the lenders, the correspondents, and, you know, some companies I used to work for. So they're all represented or represented there. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. And, I mean, I think that sometimes, like, the – being that like the first people stepping out and saying like, hey, this is what this is what needs to get done, especially when you're using some of that strong language um, to kind of, you know, put some blame different places and say like specifically we're we're doing what we can. You know, the Fed's like actively fighting back against us um, and kind of putting stuff in like some plain language like that is mm-hmm. is good for, you know, all people to to understand what they're talking about. Well, and there's a lot of data that backs this up, right? So the consumer price index rose 3.7% year over year, holding steady with August's annual gain. The PCE price index, which includes food and energy, the Fed's preferred measure increased one-tenth of a percent in August, which is the smallest monthly increase since 2020. And, you know, as as for future policy, the Fed, uh, Philadelphia Federal Reserve President Harker, he emphasized that rates are going to need to stay higher for longer. And this is something I think a lot of people got to get used to, both, you know, real estate agents, obviously people like James that are in the mortgage industry, this is, and consumers, they're, they're not going down despite this, like how many times do we hear our rates going to go down? I'm waiting for rates to going to go down. They will be staying higher for longer. He says that you may have noticed I didn't tell you how long rates will need to stay high. I can tell you I do subscribe to the moniker higher for longer. And he noted, uh, noted that outside factors are working in parallel to further push down inflation, including like the spring banking turmoil, tighter credit conditions, and the resumption of student loan payments. So all these things are, are, are a factor here. So higher for longer, right? I think this is something we all got to get used to. How are you explaining that to consumers right now? Like, I mean, what are you saying when you, when people are asking like, Sarah, when are rates going to come down? Or Stacy or James, when, when are rates going to come down? Should I wait? That is bad advice if you're telling them to wait for that. Right. I mean, I know for me, typically I'm just kind of explaining this is where this is where we know the rates are now. We're anticipating them to stay at these high levels. Um, And, you know, you've got opportunity here within the market with, you know, where the rates are currently at to negotiate out some other things Um, and really just bringing it back to to that monthly payment and, um, you know, the the motivation for getting into the house. I mean, if it's somebody that really doesn't need to move, then maybe this isn't this isn't the time. But, you know, also showing how home values are going to in- continue to increase at a healthy, stable rate over the next couple of years. So what you're paying in higher interest by getting in with, you know, the rates where they are, um, you're also going to be building equity in the next coming years. Um, and if rates do then drop significantly, you can always refinance, but you've got those couple years of continuing to, um, you know, get equity in your house and for it to appreciate. I yeah. love that. I'm sold. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, listen, seven point five seven, according to Freddie Mac, that's the average rate uh, from last week, and it's gone up a little bit since then. But I believe firmly, there's no greater investment than real estate. None. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. I right? agree. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, for the past five weeks, yeah, they've climbed. Um, but a good deal is a state of mind. And that's what I firmly believe. And that's what I tell uh, clients that I work with, because, listen, do you want to continue to live in your parents' basement? 
You want to continue to live in places where you don't want to live. I'm Ma- imagine right, saying true. that to somebody, though. I mean, yeah. I think that's a, that's a very frank way of saying it. And some people, they, they, choose, they make that choice. Right. Yeah. I'm from Delco. I say things pretty frankly. Okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you got to deal with what you're given. And historically, we're not that high. I mean, COVID mm-hmm. happened. And I didn't hear anybody complaining as rates mm-hmm. went down to the twos and the threes. Yep. So... You know, if you don't like your house where you're at, you're going to sell at a great time because you can get a top dollar for it. And you're just going to parlay it into your new property. Mm-hmm. So why not? That's yeah. what I say. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned people living where they don't want to live. So if you looked at rent growth year over year in our marketplace, it was over 9.6%. This, this data just came out from Zillow for the Philadelphia region. Home price growth is 4.64% year to date, which is still a great number. And that's for Philly, Montgomery, Chester, Delaware counties. So it's costing more than double to rent a place with zero financial benefit, right? And and people are going to say, well, I don't want to have a mortgage payment. Well, you do have a mortgage payment. It's your landlord. You're paying your landlord's mortgage, your taxes, your insurance. So higher for longer, Sarah, I think you hit it, the nail on the head. So what what are some of the other things that are coming out from from consumers right now? Like how are, are, are they are they nervous about this? Are, are, are we going to go to 8%? Like how do we see the rest of this year playing out? Because this seems to be the talking point right now. And it does look like the Fed's going to hold. That's what the the stats say. It's about a, it's a ninety plus percent chance, according to the CME group, who charts the probability of a rate hike at the end of the month. Are people pushing till the end of the year? Are they going looking at next year? What, what's the sentiment right now in the marketplace that you're seeing on the ground? I think for um, people just coming into the market, what I've have been finding is that they're they're okay with the the rates as they are now because that's what they know. You know, they weren't looking three years ago or two years ago when they were low. The folks that have been sitting on the yep. sitting on the sideline because they the interest rates were low, but I'm not going to get into a bidding war. You know, mm-hmm. we loved hearing that, didn't we, Sarah? Oh yeah. I'm not getting gonna get into a bidding war. I'm gonna wait it out. Okay, so they're waiting it out. There's still multiple offer situations and the interest rates are higher. So I have I really and the home prices are higher (laughs) and the home prices are exactly so they didn't get to capitalize on any of it right Um, especially that equity that Mm -hmm. they could have been building up in their in their home purchase Um, but I've pivoted to focusing more on that monthly payment because that's what the focus really should be what what is it that you want to pay monthly because we all have to live somewhere right right? so we have to pay wherever we're living for the most part Um, so what are you what are you paying in rent now if you're renting Mm -hmm. And what would what are you comfortable with uh, with your monthly payment? And just really get them to think about that because right. that's that's one of the main pieces. And then also reiterate the fact that they've missed out on all this equity over the past couple of years. Yeah. And that's what they're going to see if they get into their home. They're going to see that year over year. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that the people that have been looking for quite a while are the ones that have the toughest time swallowing Uh this particular pill, but it was a different pill that was tough to swallow at other times throughout the process. Mm -hmm. Uh So, um, and I mean, exactly like Tom had mentioned, if you're paying rent, like you are paying a mortgage. I mean, I think the only, unless if you are living absolutely rent free, like at your parents' house and you guys get along and it's like super great, (laughs) um, you know, in most cases, you're just shifting that payment of having it apply towards someone else's mortgage to having it apply towards your own. Um, so, 
you know, just kind of, yeah, bringing it back to that. And I do always like to bring it back to the monthly payment and the big number almost sounds um, unfathomable, I think, like as you're looking at it. So just breaking it down to, you know, this is, are you comfortable hitting this payment each month? And reminding them once they're locked in with their mortgage, that's where it's going to stay. Right. Unless they refinance mm-hmm. um, and they could do that down the road. Um, but their monthly mortgage payment is going to be very consistent as opposed to a rent payment. Absolutely. And there's one other piece, too, that not a lot of people talk about, and that's recast. Mm-hmm. So do you, yeah. you know, if you talk to somebody and if rates do spike, which they could go 8 9 10%, for as little as $275 with some lenders, you can actually go in and re-amortize your loan if you make a large lump sum payment down. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to go through all that five, ten, seven, ten thousand dollars in cost that it would be to refinance. So you can that is another option without incurring those costs. And that's that's when you've got like the large lump sum to yeah. to put in at once. Minimum yeah. of ten thousand in principal reduction yeah. over the past twelve months payments. Yeah. So like if you've just paid like a thousand bucks extra a month. 800 bucks extra per month, you mm-hmm. can do it and see the benefit. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think that's smart. Yeah. Well, and I mean, what's what's funny too is, I mean, not funny, but we don't we don't know, are they going to hit 8%? Are they going to go north of that? Are they going to like, you know, come down a little bit? But, um, you know, when rates were at that historically low, you know, 2 and 2.75, 3%, and then they hit like 5%, people were like, Oh my gosh, you know, um, and oh, I need to wait for them to come down. Well, they haven't. So, you know, um, I mean, I was in that, I was in that category, not where we weren't going to move forward with like the purchase of our house, but we were in that window of things creeping up and being like, man, like they were just this, like, and we had, I mean, we've talked about this on the show before too. We had done a construction loan where when we actually purchased the home, they were lower, but by the time the project was completed and then you had to like redo it. They had they had jumped up more, um, and hitting that five percent felt a little like man, you know. But now, like compared to where things are now, you have to work with what you've got and with what your situation is in the current moment, and see what makes sense and if you can make those pieces come together, and not just think about what it could have been had you had this other rate. Right. Yep. There's plenty. There's plenty of programs out there mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, one percent down programs conventional. Mm-hmm. Danny, Freddie. Mm-hmm. You can do it. And there's opportunity um, as far as inventory, housing mm-hmm. inventory. So that's, you know, it's kind of it, it's kind of a good spot for buyers right now. Yeah. I mean, is there any real perfect time to buy? Right. I mean, honestly, there's always going to be that people are going to be complaining about interest rates. People are going to complain about multiple offers. It's never going to be Goldilocks perfect, mm-hmm. you know. So you just have to do it. And if you get it too low, then you're going to wonder, like, what's, what's wrong? wrong? You know, like, <laughs> why has this house been sitting on the market for 25 days? Yeah. What's wrong with it? Right. You know, it's interesting that you brought up the recast. I had not been very familiar with that. And then I recently had a deal um, where it did end up lining up where the settlement for the sale of their house took place prior to the purchase of their next one. But we weren't going to make it anything contingent upon that. Um, and the, our lender had said that, you know, if, if it doesn't exactly line up there, you can let them know, like, keep us in the loop through the process. And he was talking about a recast and that that can be, yeah, for a couple hundred bucks, um, we can rework this out for you. Yeah. And it's, and you don't go through that all rigmarole of, Mm -hmm. you know, documentation and things like that. Yep. 
such a good option. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and I, I, one thing I want everyone to think about here, and I, I love your take on this, and then we'll take a break, is that we're, we're talking about higher for longer. So we know what the consumer options are. Higher for longer to me also means that we're going to be working with our clients longer. There's not going to be this quick turn time on the client cycle. And, and Sarah, you've embraced that. Stacy, you get it. But, mm-hmm. but a lot of agents don't. They want to they want to show someone five houses and they buy something. Like, I mean, wouldn't that be nice, right? And <laughs> so with higher for longer, what does that mean for your real estate business? How are you approaching your business differently now than you were maybe even a couple months ago? Well, yeah, you have to have um, a really – deep um, client pull, right, in all different phases of transactions, I think. Um, And you have to be willing to uh, do a lot of outreach to these people. Keep them in up to date with what's going on in the market. Keep them engaged. You know, if if, depending on where they are in in the life cycle of their home purchase, um, be mindful of that. And, you know, if you see a property that comes on or something comes in-house, and they come to your mind, send mm-hmm. it to them, let them know. Yep. But I think for me, I, I really focus um, more on just keeping on top of, of my communication with my clients because I think that's really, really important just so that they know that you're still there. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think in addition to having like, yes, it's very important to have a deep pipeline and people in all different all different stages of the process. Um, you know, getting one that like hot sheets every morning and just scrolling through to see, cause you'll just, there's going to be people that come to mind. And I mean, like, certainly you need to have everybody on different automated things so that stuff doesn't slip through the cracks. Or if you have a busy morning and you like, you don't want to solely rely on that. But, um, you know, as you're looking through them typically, you know, and you can refresh that a couple of times throughout the day and more things pop up on there, there's going to be somebody that comes to mind and, um, you know, it might be somebody that you haven't sent, you know, not a lot comes up for them. And, you know, you haven't sent them anything for like a month, like just you specifically being like, hey, check this one out. But, um, you know, just going through, seeing what's out there and seeing who fits what and um, making sure the properties are in front of them. So I'm also clear, this is also going to affect sellers, right? I mean, we've, we, I mean, we've got listings on the market that aren't selling right away. And, to me, you have to have a built-in communication plan with your clients. If you're expecting to, you know, if you, you've got a, a buyer that you're actively working with, you've got to be on the phone with them once a week. Same thing with an active seller. You've got to have a communication plan in place that's going to keep people abreast of what's going on because the market's just going to move a little slower. And that's okay if you're not communicating at all and saying, well, I, I followed up with them, and then you see like three weeks go by. That's not enough. And And – if you don't have a communication cadence for your active people you're working with, the folks you're trying to sign contracts with and that, that are you know hot, nurture, watch, whatever you're using, you're going to miss out on some opportunities because we're not in this market where it's a quick turn client. You can't just pick up the call or get the lead that inbounds and you're out working with them right away. That doesn't happen anymore. And you know what, what's, what's interesting is, Sarah, I know you've kind of built your whole business around long-term nurturing and it's worked really well for you. I think you, you've kind of, Stacey, you've kind of seen both sides of it, right? And if people don't have a communication plan for their active clients, because buyers, they, they might just go buy something else. Mm-hmm. Like if, you, if they don't hear from you, they're just going to go buy the house, right? Has that happened to either of you guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, even yeah. when you are calling them, they still do that. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So how are you building value in your appointments, right? You have to actually give an appointment now and, and show people, hey, here's X, Y, and Z. This is exactly why you should be using me. And here's what I can do differently than your average agent. 
These things are so important, and if you're skipping that part in the process, that's probably why you're missing conversion. You've got to work on your appointment, your conversations, role play your skills, have those tough conversations. You just had a, a, a listing sell, but you had to have a lot of tough conversations about price adjustments, right? What was that like? Yeah, there's a lot of tough conversations these days. Yes. Let me tell you that. <laughs> so I, I I eat the frog every morning and get rid of those tough so, conversations. So what does eat the frog mean? <laughs> the the, the convers- conversations that keep you up at night, and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm dreading this phone call. I just I've embraced getting it done in the mm-hmm. morning, just getting it off my plate because I don't want to dread it all day long. There are the conversations where you have to approach your seller, um, or another agent. Say there's a termination, you know it's coming, you have to present it to yep. the a- other agent. Um, and, you know, it's it's respectful to do it verbally on the phone. Right. So you mm-hmm. have to do the calls. It's, you you know, it's a professional business here. We're not just going to send a text message. Mm-hmm. So I just, um, they're the ones that like price, price adjustments for your sellers. If, you know, we're coming off the weekend, this is how many showings we've had. This is the feedback we've gotten. Mm-hmm. I think it might be time. Would you consider that? That's a tough conversation to some sellers to, you know, they, they have a certain number in mind. Right. And if, you know, all signals are pointing that it's not going to sell where they would like it to sell, then these are the things that we have to do. And mm-hmm. that can be very difficult. Yeah. Um, and even for buyers, there's a lot of tough conversations. So it's it's definitely been that way the past number of months, six months, mm-hmm. seven, eight months. Um, but yeah, I've come to embrace getting that done right first thing in the morning, getting it off my plate. It just makes for a better day because then you have other frogs yeah. that pile up during your yeah. day. Yep. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Eat that frog. I used to just preach that. Preach. I used to run sales teams of the 250 people. Okay. I mean, yep. eat that frog. You couldn't be more right. And mm-hmm. it's, yep. it's really just in life, too. It right. is. It is. Right. Yeah. Rip the Band-Aid. Yeah. Uh, I have to. Yeah. Well, and I think with some of those difficult conversations, it's making sure to be mindful early on in the process of what you're telling them so you're not, um, you know, that they don't have a false sense of, oh, yeah, this is going to be a super easy sale yeah. that you're mm-hmm. definitely going to get for this. Like being like, this is, you know, basing it off of like facts and market data. You know, this is where we're at. This is how we're positioning it. Yada, yada. And then if the feedback comes in you know, price too high or needs too much work or blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, taking the personal, emo- like, you know, be, have empathy and like, you know, certainly like understand like, hey, I know this is like tough to hear, but like know that it's it's not you doing it. Because like mm-hmm. early on, I feel like it was like, I felt like I was the one that was like disappointing and like, yes, you're the one that's bringing them the news, yeah. but also it's in their best interest to know what's going on and how, you know, if you do want to sell it at top dollar or you want to get these multiple offers or you want to get a offer or you want to, you know, whatever, like this is what the market's telling us. So based off of that, these are your options. And then kind of giving them the rundown of, of what they can do. And um, it's not you saying <laughs> we that. have to that's be the people voice want. of reason. Yeah. People yeah. want to hear it like yeah. it is. I yeah. mean, that's the consensus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't don't tell me that it's uh, one way when it's the other. Right. Right. Find out. Right. Yeah. Don't prolong it. Yeah. Right. Well, that's really the difference between a good agent and a great agent. A good agent will tell people what the cons- what they think the consumer wants to hear so they get hired. Mm-hmm. And a great agent, that's like the worst thing you can do, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's, it's uh-huh. literally the worst thing you can do. A great agent gives people the hard news in a really empathetic, professional way so they can make a decision that's going to benefit their household and whatever they're trying to do when it comes to real estate. And then that, that's really well said. So, it, you know, and, and the last part of this, with higher for longer, like the market's just not going to move as fast as it has been. 
I would I would argue your time blocking needs to be even better because it's really easy to get stuck in. Oh, I'm calling all my clients or I'm doing all this, but you've got to make time to have that pipeline so full because some people will fall off because of interest rates. I mean, we've, we've it's happened to everybody. Payments go up, things change, and it, it's not going to be that frenzy that we saw. So, and and getting to the bottom of motivation and seeing what those clients actually want to do and what the reasons are behind it. So, mm-hmm. hire for longer really means take your business more seriously as far as I'm concerned. It's not a turn and burn market anymore, which we've been talking about for feels like years on this show here. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the commission lawsuit. This It finally went to court. The stakes are pretty high. We'll unpack it next on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender, NMLS 128501. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand-new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's Tom Tool with an E dot com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. She's Sarah Timon. And we have Nick behind the camera. And all of us work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And if you get some value out of the show here, you like what you hear, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a like. Drop a comment about any questions you have, and we'll make sure to respond to everything that comes in. And we have James D. Bautista here with Everest 
Lending. James, thanks again for coming on. You can check them out. It's everestlending.org. We're going to talk all about his company here shortly. But first, we're going to go into... This is, I don't have to prep for this show anymore. This is great. It's We talk about rates, and then we talk about the commission lawsuit. Because yeah. it's, it, these are that big of stories, actually. It's, it's, there's a lot of prep that goes into it. But um, So the, the stakes are high now, right? So the Sitzer Burner class action commission lawsuit, it went to court. This actually happened. We've been talking about this since I think, I think we talked about this on the practice show we did here on a Sunday, uh, if you remember that, Sarah. So yep. this has been going on that long. It's been years. Oh, my God. And... It actually went to court, and we'll kind of break down what's happened so far. But really, like jury selection started last week. It it finished apparently yesterday. Opening arguments are today. The trial is supposed to run through November 3rd with a verdict sometime the week of November 6th. So hopefully when the Phillies are winning the World Series, we're talking about a resolution here in one of these commission lawsuits. So here's what's happened so far. Um, last month, Remax and Anywhere, so Anywhere is the parent company for Coldwell Banker and Century 21, they both settled for $55 million and $83.5 million respectively, and the um, they agreed to some terms. You can't say it's free to use a buyer agent, which we if didn't. you've been saying that, you're an idiot. I'm going to tell like someone is paying that money. That money doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't get printed from the government as soon as you sell a house. It's not how it works. Um, you can't filter listings by the commission being offered out, which I, I don't think we even have the ability I, to yeah, do that. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. I think I some MLSs allow for it. Mm. Maybe they do. I mean, I never never happened. And this is stuff good agents should be doing anyway. Um, and most importantly, the big change, which isn't related to the lawsuit, is that Remax and Anywhere are not going to require their franchisees and their members to be members of NAR and follow the NAR code of ethics, um, which... It's or comply with them, um, which was NAR already said you don't have to offer out cut. You know you can offer out a zero commission. That was the other uh, settlement is a, a settlement uh, term that you can offer out a zero dollar commission, which Bright already did. That already happened before all of this. So NAR has been way behind the ball. So that's what happened so far. And now what we have going on is we got KW Keller Williams Home Services, which is the parent company for Berkshire Hathaway and the National Association of Realtors, going to court. And, and there's a lot at stake here. So what do you think at stake first before we kind of get into what, what may or may not happen here? Because th- there, this could reshape the industry we've been talking about. I think the settlement was very smart on Anywhere and Remax's part because it precludes them from any of those like commercials where you've seen the mesothelioma commercials. Like if you were treated for mesothelioma between yeah. this date and this date, there's going to be commercials that say, hey, if you bought a home, Sarah, between oh, October 1st, you know, 1998 and October 1st, 1999 or something like that, whatever it is, it's going to be different than that. You might be entitled to compensation, call this number. That, that yeah. could very well happen here. So what's at stake here for agents, consumers, and, and the good of the industry? What do you guys think? Well, I mean, I think for like what's done is done. So, um, you know, moving forward, I guess there's a couple different pieces here. One would be to make sure to look at um, the, uh, like if there's a certain house that your buyers want to see, I guess checking in advance to know if you're there, you know, the seller is compensating or if they're not, um, you know, having those, that conversation with your client from the get-go, but then like the last thing that you would want is to, you know, realize once you see a house and somebody wants to put an offer in on it, that there is no buyer agent 
commission that the seller is paying for and that that is now the um, buyer's responsibility Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, oftentimes they're looking at similar price points with similar taxes and, like, you're always running your buyer estimated cost. But if suddenly that's a large piece that if they were not accounting for – so I guess know where each house stands. If it is going to be something where it's going to be all across the board, some have none, others are, you know, doing the standard. Like, I guess that would be kind of one of the first pieces. I don't know. What do you think, Stace? Yeah, I think. Um, well, Gr- it's, great points there. I think yeah. that's all very important to be doing, Sarah. So absolutely, well said. Because you have to know what you're up against, right? And then you have to be able to, um, you know, speak to what the situation is. Yeah. And what is your worth? What's the value that you're going to bring to your clients Mm -hmm. and why it's important that they have representation. Right. And not just wing this out on their own and hope that everything turns out well. Mm -hmm. Um, If a seller has representation, there's a couple of things like if you're a buyer, you can either look to that other agent to the to the listing agent. But Mm -hmm. then you're you know, everybody has to be in agreement Mm -hmm. that um both sides will be represented by the same person. And mm-hmm. we equate that to like hiring the same divorce attorney. Mm-hmm. If you're going through a divorce, would you want to use the same attorney? Right. It's horrible both idea. Sides? So yeah, that's a bad idea. Um, the other thing is, you know, buyers just taking the chance and doing the stuff on their own. And this is the whole reason why there's buyer agency representation mm-hmm. <laughs> because they were. Right. Consumers were getting hurt. Yeah. You know, they were, they were getting built out of lots of things. And this is the whole premise of why we have the buyer agency. Right. Um, the other thing is, too, you can explain to your clients what this means and, and how you can move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, <coughs> would you write in um, compensation into the agreement of sale mm-hmm. and see if the seller is willing to compensate regardless? I mean, that's always an option, right? Right. Um, if, if we're bringing a buyer to them, um, I think that that's very appropriate, actually. Right. So there's there's just there's a lot to know about it, and you should be able to explain this to your clients. Mm-hmm. The other way that they could, um, you know, uh, try to purchase their real estate would be hire an attorney. Still, it's going to cost them, right? And the sad part is, it's buyers who are already cash strapped. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are going to be missing out, right? They already talk about, you know, it's buyer affordability is non-existent. Well, this is really going to put the nail in the coffin for that, right? So I agree with everything you guys are saying. There's a, there's a bigger issue. This is, this is what we're going to have to be doing on the ground. Mm-hmm. There's two big implications I see here. Uh, one, according to NAR Deputy General Counsel Leslie, I don't know what her last name is, Machow, we'll call it. So according to NAR Deputy General Counsel, she notes that if the plaintiffs are successful, we will be forced back into the 19th century or what some people called the Wild West where unscrupulous people can regularly defraud clients. If MLS broker marketplaces didn't work the way that they do now, there would be no centralized hub and source of available homes. I got a little bit of a problem with that because New York City seems to be doing just fine without an MLS, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's a great example of where that is. So that's number one. The second, and I think is the bigger issue here, and this is according to Keith Bruyette and Woods. They're an investment banker in New York. Um, they feel that this could reshape the uh, residential real estate commission structure and the broader housing market if there is an injunction that unbundles commissions, eliminating the longstanding practice of listing agents and sellers setting and paying buyer agent commissions, and that we could see the commission pool drop up to 30% over time 
as these changes bring more transparency to consumers around commission rates. So what that tells me is that, one, we might see more agents get out of the business. Not a bad thing. I don't, I don't think that, 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 that's a positive for consumers. We, we know what kind of knuckleheads are out there, and, and obviously we're not talking about you guys, clearly. Uh, of course, Sarah. <laughs> Number two, there, there's going to be less business to be done, right? We're, people are already feeling that pinch with what's happened with transactions coming down, and we've already seen you know, a decline of 20%, 30% year over year in the number of homes that have sold. So, and we've seen 60,000 agents get out of the business. Back in 2012, we were at a million agents. Now we're at a million six. So that, that's an awful lot of agents to add in 11 years. We saw transactions spike. And what it's going to come down to, which ties back into what you guys are talking about, is how to effectively explain this in a way that people can understand. Because people still hire attorneys when they have to pay the attorney, right? They still hire a high-priced accountant when they have to hire an accountant. I mean, and if there, there's going to be consumers out there that want representation in these situations. And I, I'm clear it's a bad move for a seller not to pay an agent who's working with a buyer because if you're relying on one person to bring all the buyers through, that's not you, no no one can ever talk to the total amount of available home sellers and home buyers in the marketplace. It just it's, it's impossible to do. There's too many people out there. We live in the fifth largest metro market in the country. There's no way one person can have access to all the buyers. So what NAR is talking about is that they'll say, well, you have to use me to, to get into the home and, and you have to buy into that. That's what they're talking about there. Like it's like forced dual agency almost. It's kind of like the call you get when you have a listing and it's like, hey, I only want to talk to the listing agent, Sarah. Mm-hmm. What's that consumer usually like on the other end when they say that? <laughs> um, it's usually pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I think if if it's all coming down to I guess my where I'm a little bit confused is for like the mindset of the sellers that are like anti having, you know, the commission for the buyer's agent come out of their pocket is. Is it specifically down to dollars and cents or is it the idea of I shouldn't have to pay the buyer's agent commission? Because if it's if it's just dollars and cents, you're going to get a higher offer if the buyers have that extra cash to put towards the purchase of the house. And if I'm the listing agent and I'm now expected to do every single showing that goes through that house, I'm going to want more than what my cut of the commission would have been had I been split like had the seller been like splitting it out amongst the two parties because that's all of my time getting tied up into showing that home in addition to um, you know, representing the seller and doing that side of it and all the things that we've already mentioned about like dual agency and just gray areas and like representing both sides. How often does this come up with the sellers that don't want to, I mean. Well, it, it hasn't yet. It so hasn't that, that's, yet. That's the point. Yeah. Um, so Sarah, I believe there's an opportunity for commissions to go up for listing agents. Yeah. Because then, but then, like, but if then it's all dollars, like, so, but that's where it's like, if it's dollars and cents, you're going to be paying those dollars and cents anyway. anyway. They're just all going to me now, <laughs> right? Well, <and laughs> the, so the way the Pennsylvania contract works, it's, it's a standard agreement. It's very clear. Here's the fee. Here's what gets paid, mm-hmm. and that stuff can all be negotiated. And, yeah. and the premise for this suit that it can't be negotiated, that's the challenge here with this. Um, and you know, the, but the fact that a couple companies settled kind of tells you which way this may go here. I mean, you know, Nick Bailey is not just sitting around waiting for something to happen. He's playing offense, which I give him a lot of credit for. 
Um, and the, the you know the, they didn't admit to any wrongdoing. I don't, and, and I I agree with that. There's an opportunity here for maybe things to change a little bit because we've all been on the other side where you know you, you're kind of in, it, and and this happens with both people, but you feel like you're doing the work of two agents, right? Mm-hmm. That's happened in many transactions. Yes. So I see agents leaving the business because mm-hmm. there's been an entitlement of, well, I showed the house, I should get paid, mm-hmm. right? I right. mean that happens all the time, and and. You know, it's it's amazing the phone calls you catch from people that are like, "Well, I, I showed them one house. I'm I'm entitled to." Well, they don't want to work with you, so it right. doesn't really matter. Right. And I, I, that's where this gets a little sticky sometimes. I know I know what the three of us are doing, right? right. I know what our team's doing, but I also know what other people do. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it it's drastically different in what happens in the marketplace. So there there it I I don't it it, it there there is a. There, there's a reason this is this made it this far. Like it's right. this, this doesn't go to court if it's not a real issue. Yeah, should be interesting to see how this. Well, and, and what what I really see here. So if commission pools are dropping, and we've been doing this already, you've got to focus on taking listings in right. your business. Like if your whole business model is, I'm going to work with as many buyers as possible and try to catch as many leads. Then you're, you're first of all, you're going to be exhausted. Mm-hmm. Number one, <laughs> like really, really tired. Um, secondly. You know, you you can get some referrals from those buyers, but you don't get the same like name recognition. You don't get your name on the sign. You don't get to hold the open house. You don't have control. When you take listings, you have control. Mm -hmm. Think about the horrible offer deadlines you've had to deal with. What's Mm -hmm. the worst one you two have each had? (laughs) They're always well. They're usually on the weekend, Mm -hmm. um, and they're usually at night. So, but typically they're called at the last minute. So, what's the worst one? So, I would say I don't know, like. 6 p.m. on Sunday, and we just saw the house. You know, they just called it Sunday at noon, yeah. and our showing was scheduled for Sunday at three. Yeah, and they have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's a similar situation like that that happens. Right. Yeah. It's that is the worst when it's like, you know, you get you that physically ping. don't have right, and it's just like, oh my oh gosh, my gosh. <laughs> like, our showing's at three, and you have to tell them the buyers, hey, you have to make a quick decision. They have an offer deadline. Well, why do they have the offer deadline? Well, because they have offers in hand. Right. So right. it's it's hard. Well, that, that's bad business, if you ask me. I mean, you know, I, you guys know how we we recommend to do things, and and our clients actually like it, by the way, because they can chill out a little bit, and they're not mm-hmm. like, who wants to make some big decision on a Sunday? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, this is just a mindset thing. It's like when you call someone and you have bad news. Do you want to call them Friday at nine o'clock at night, or maybe right. Saturday morning at nine a.m. Right? Exactly. Like, there's right. a way to present these things, and. So I'm a big believer that, you know, if, if you, when you have control, right, you have more listings, you get to set those deadlines. Hey, we're going to ask for all the offers get delivered by the end of business on Monday. And then I'm going to talk with the seller at 12 o'clock on Tuesday. And that's when we're going to give you an answer. Mm-hmm. Think about how much less stressful that is for your clients, mm-hmm. for the seller, and for all the agents involved. And people just choose not to do this because they don't want to have the tough conversations and saying, mm-hmm. here's what works. This is what happens next and and use those language patterns to give some guidance here. And that's one of the reasons why we're in this situation with these lawsuits, because too many agents are order takers and they don't give guidance and actual real advice. So what do you think happens? So November 6th, right? So are we on the, I think we're on the radio November 6th, actually. Oh. I, but that, that, that's just a guess. Um, no, November 6th is a Monday. So okay. oh, we should be on the radio right after that. How do you think this goes? What, who, like, what, what's going to happen here? I have, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, even if it does, regardless of what gig, what way it goes through, it'll probably take a little bit for things to like fully trickle down and take effect or no, you think it would be. A- oh, it's definitely going to take time to implement. I, I, my, my prediction is this. You guys are sound like you're looking for answers here. So I think it's going to be the same terms of the settlement with Remax and anywhere. And 
there's going to be some sort of financial damages that everyone agrees to. Um, what happens after that, I think, is going to be very interesting because they're going to, you're going to have to talk about this stuff and you're going to have to explain it. And a lot of agents, they can't even explain the contract, right. let alone something like this. So I, I do see agents leaving the business as a result of this lawsuit. That's my prediction. Well, and I think there could certainly be like a messy period there while like the changes are going through and while things it's are already being, come up with you. You yeah. had this conversation with somebody. Somebody yeah. brought it up to you. Yeah. And I was like, well, wow. tune in to right. WWDB 860 AM <laughs> on Tuesdays and you will hear about that. Love it. Well, that's that's where that's where to tune in to find out. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about Everest lending with James D. Bautista here on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX main line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's Tom, tool with an E, dot com. Sell your home for more, and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. All right, all right. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time, and she's Stacy Mitchell. We have Nick behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And if you get some value out of the show here, if you can jump on our YouTube channel, do us a favor, subscribe to the channel, give us a like would mean a lot. And we're here with James D. Bautista with um, Everest Lending. So James, thanks again for coming on. You can check out his company. It's EverestLending.org. You got some pretty interesting new programs you wanted to talk about, James. So why don't you introduce yourself and then tell us what you can help uh, consumers with right now? Yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem at all. 
My name's James D. Batista, uh, as Tom said, with Everest Lending LLC, NMLS number 2446002. So uh, personally, I've been in the business for, you know, since 1990, 1999, um, done it all. I mean, sold sales manager, vice president, regional vice president, have big sales organizations. I know what right looks like. I know what wrong looks like. I mean, Stacy and I worked on a couple deals together. Um, another, Jamie Lipson, another realtor with the Tom Tool Group. Can't say anything but nice things about this group, everybody. So thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Um, one of the first things, really, I mean, you got some some good information coming out. Um, you know, it's not all bad. Yeah, you know, with the rates, not all bad. <laughs> we had just recently some loan limits uh, increases. So from you know Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, seven hundred twenty-six thousand two hundred dollars for a single-family uh, property for a loan amount. Mm-hmm. That was the max up until right now. Um, seven hundred fifty thousand now. So you can go up to seven hundred fifty thousand, mm-hmm. and that's for a single one-unit property. If you go up to a four-unit property, it used to be one million three hundred ninety-six thousand. Now you're up to 1,442,600. Wow. So not too bad. You can get almost a, you know, over, a little over $1.4 million loan uh, conforming. Um, something to look into, right? One of the biggest things, though, that, uh, you know, that is out there. Well, we talked about affordability, right? And everybody says, mm-hmm. oh, what's the government doing? What's everybody doing? And there are programs out there. Uh, one of them, so to speak, is uh, the one one plus program with uh, with a few different lenders that I have, and that's just putting one percent down on a Fannie Mae conventional loan. That's amazing. Yeah, you're. It's not just yeah. that's the down payment that doesn't even have to come from the from the the buyer. Come mm-hmm. from as a gift. Um, the there's another two percent that gets given to the buyer as a a grant that doesn't need to be repaid. So the lender actually give a grant of the other 2%. So you're effectively like putting down 3% on that deal. Um, some of the, the, the aspects of that really just going to be, have to be a first-time home buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, some people hear first-time home buyer and are like, ah, I owned a house 20 years ago. No, that's not the case. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac considers a first-time home buyer is anybody who hasn't owned the home within the past three years. Oh. So Interesting. So even though you, you you may have owned a home four or five years ago, you can still qualify for a program like this. Wow. That's interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. um, it's nice. And also, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you, you know, if you have somebody else on the loan, if somebody is, a, is already owns a home, but one, at least one borrower qualifies as a first-time home buyer that hasn't owned a home within the past three years, you can use that and meet that requirement that way. Um, credit score on this is uh, 620. 620 credit score, so very doable for a lot of people out there. Um, one of the great things about this as well is there's no PMI. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So, 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 you, so they that's, can that's put, a pretty big savings. Right. Yeah, it's huge. So they put 1% down, mm-hmm. can, can get the 2% grant. Correct. 620 minimum credit yep. score. Mm-hmm. And... What was it? And you have no PMI. Oh, no PMI. That was the that Which, was the big capper. <laughs> yeah, that was the most exciting thing. No PMI. No PMI. That is very. That's called affordability. That's yeah. like a deal. I think. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I mean, there are some requirements. There's a mm-hmm. you know maximum of three hundred and fifty thousand dollar loan amount. So mm-hmm. you know there's that. And I think you can 
would you agree with me that we can find some houses out there for around that $350,000 mark or less? Yeah. You know, um, can increase the, uh, the availability here or the affordability. Um, there's area median income requirements, meaning that you just have to be at 80% of the area median income. So if you meet that, mm-hmm. then, you know, you have another option. Mm-hmm. So if you're working with a lender out there that doesn't offer this, because it is specific to a few lenders, you know, you, you call a mortgage broker like Everest Lending LLC, and we'll, and we'll get you in the right spot. Um, so another piece on the affordability aspect is going to be temporary buy-down. So you guys, I mean, it was very, very common back in like the 90s and 80s. Mm-hmm. You'd see a lot of those when rates were super high. Now we're entering that arena again. You know, you got to have an answer for your clients. Yep. And a temporary buy-down is a, is, is a real good option. Just had somebody relocate from Texas out to the Mechanicsburg area, and we utilized this program because there were, you know, there are new homeowners, first time being away from home, takes a new job relocation, and they didn't want to pay, well, you know, what the payment would ultimately be. So have you all used like, any of the temporary buy-downs? I've done a two, is that like the two-one yeah, there's a, there's a, exactly. There's a three, two, one, mm-hmm. which I'll review. And there's a two, one, and there's a one, zero. So there's all sorts of different uh, aspects or different types of, you know, different transitions of that. Different. Yeah. So what, on what the, is On the listing side, we accepted an offer that was a two, one buy down. Right. So you don't even have to write the, that it's a two, one buy down or a three, two, one buy down yeah. in a contract. You just yeah. set it up like you're doing a regular seller's assist. Yeah. Or a regular seller's concession. Yeah. Um, you are limited on what you can get, mm-hmm. um, as, you, as you very well may know, uh, depending on the, on the program. So, you know, I always say three, six, nine, you know, like the little John <laughs> thing, dude. Um, <laughs> but if you're putting down uh, less than 10%, you can get a max of 3% from the seller. Yeah. If you're putting down 10% to 25, you can get six. And anything 25% or more, you can get 9% from the, you know, from the seller. Wow. Investment properties are the two. So just, just remember, too, the, that contribution limit goes off of the sales price, not the loan amount. Okay. All right. So you can get more even if they're putting down a big chunk of money. It still goes off of that sales price for the, for the concessions. This is what you need to use in order to fund this buy-down. So- the mechanics really have a, a temporary buy-down work as such. So if you take an example of a, of a 3 two, one and you say, hey, you're going to purchase a house for $722,000, um, you put 10% down. So you're allowed to get up to 6%. Mm-hmm. So if you just ask for 4.2%, which is about $30,000, not too unrealistic, right? 4% on a, on a purchase as we get into this you know, re- realm of unaffordability. Um, you can utilize that to pay for the interest or a subsidy with the customer and their payments. So if their rate is supposed to be 7.25%, that first year on a 321, their payments will be based off of 4.25%. Wow. That's a big savings there. So that first year. Right. So if your monthly payment is scheduled to be $4,434, your monthly payment would be $3,197. You save $1,236 per month. Wow. Wow. So an environment where affordability is a challenge. These are some great options here. So you can get in touch with uh, uh, James at everslending.org. Again, James D. Batista here. Thanks so much for coming on. This is really valuable information. We'll make sure we break this all down and share it with everybody. You want to follow Stacy? She's on Instagram. It's at the number two Mitchco. You can follow Sarah at Ty underscore Ty Time. You can follow me at TomTool3RD. 
Again, and James's company, Everest Lending, is everestlending.org. We'll be back next week on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM.